Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasolo, and with me, as always... Ben Vanell here. Thanks, Tommy, for welcoming me onto our show. We're ready to, um, to close off this special little series of ours and return to the real world. Um, joining us, as always, to talk about video games and um, be friends is Adam Knox. As always, that's all I ever do. That's all I am to you. Is just a friend. <laughs> um, just a friend. <laughs> the we've we've got a bit of a gimmick this episode where this is pretty crazy, but we thought because it's the end of the 2000s, the internet's starting to get really big. People are talking mm. over the internet. We thought we'd do this episode remotely. How funny is yeah. that? What a crazy idea we've yeah. had. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a point of difference for this one. Uh, yeah, boy. I hope this doesn't sound too crazy to people. <laughs> I hope they can get their heads around the idea of hearing us talk over um, this uh, this crazy new chat um, program that's been popping off lately called ICQ. Yeah. yeah. That uh, yep. all the kids are on. They're having their virtual hangouts on. They're uh, catfishing. Pretending to be uh, to <laughs> pretending to be sexy teenagers I'm, when they're I'm meeting, really just disgusting uh, old men. I'm meeting people on Habbo Hotel and then taking the chat over to ICQ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess let's kick off. Let's uh, we start with cybering, right? You guys want to cyber? Sure. <laughs> Can I actually? I do have one question before we start, and uh, mm. pretty complicated question. It's a three-part question. Uh, first part of the question mm. is A, second part I would like to know S, and third mm. part if you could tell me mm-hmm. uh, L as well. I'll take my answer off. Okay. Here. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, that's fair. Um, okay. In order, in order of how you ask them, mm. um, sixty-nine. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> and uh, up the bum. <laughs> Uh, that's so juvenile, but it actually really got me. <laughs> the, the, the king of the of the. I think those two might be linked. <laughs> king of the game facts off-topic forums, the funniest man on there. <laughs> 
Uh, we should point out in all seriousness for the listener that what that this isn't a bit. We are actually mm. doing this over um, over video chat because uh, one of us, not naming names. Hey, I'm not going to name names either. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, but I just want everyone to know that me and Tommy both positioned ourselves in the position where we didn't have to say the name of the person who it is. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. the same. I'm the same. Exactly the same as you guys. Uh, I am glad you pointed out where we are legitimately doing this over video chat because it, it would be potentially something we would say as a joke. But um, yeah. we're doing it on ICQ, yeah. um, which is apparently the best video chat software that exists currently. It's really good. Um, and I've got a bit of a cough, so we thought it would be safest to... Um, Go back into the bunkers, Fallout style, mm. and just yep. um, do this over the internet. Fallout. Now, there's a game series that I'm assuming is dead, but here comes along the late 2000s, and what do you know, mm. Fallout's back, baby. That transitions <laughs> yeah. us perfectly into the year 2008, where we'll start <laughs> a retrospective <laughs> of the second half of... <laughs> well, before that, we should talk about some other stuff. Um, before we actually finish off this series, um, Tommy, do you want to take the lead? Yeah, quick plugs uh, going forward. If you're listening to this hot off the presses, uh, we are going to be doing a uh, live Twitch event to cover the PlayStation 5 um, reveal event, mm. showcase that they're doing. They uh, they put it back by a week. So, uh, yeah, you can find on our socials uh, when that's happening. It's happening alongside the video going live at 6 a.m. Um, Melbourne time and then, I don't know, what other places. I can't remember what the times are. but yeah. For some of you, it's more convenient than for others. It's certainly very inconvenient for us. I'll say that much. So yeah. if you're listening and you can tune in, please fucking tune in and make it worth <laughs> our whiles to be absolutely rooting our entire days by waking up at the crack of dawn to test out Twitch and an ICQ mm-hmm. connection and all that kind of stuff. But um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, getting our first look at the PS5 and chatting about it with you boys and, uh, yeah, hearing what everyone else thinks. So Yeah, um, um, twitch.tv slash filthy casuals pod if you can't be bothered going onto Twitter or Facebook. Uh, twitch.tv slash filthy casuals pod. We've already got like a few hundred people following, so it should be great. It should be a good little audience for, um, yeah, something I'm genuinely excited for, especially having just covered the history of video games and getting really excited remembering mm. all these console launches and all the like sick games and the interesting stuff that happens around launch time. Um, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah, same. Me too. I think it's worth kind of mentioning too, like, you know, especially with these episodes, we want them to be non-time based. So we're not talking too much about the news and shit the last few weeks. But the reason mm. that... Obviously, I think everyone knows that the PlayStation thing got pushed back is because of everything going on in America and around the world now. I feel like I want to say out loud on this that Black Lives Matter and that that's how I feel about it. I know I'm no one, but I just want it to be literally on record. And I would love for that part of this podcast to date poorly because it no longer needs to be said. Wouldn't that be good if this was like a pointless part to listen to in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time it's come out, that'd be glorious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, the way that... Fixed within 24 hours. The way that the news cycle works with this podcast is like anytime we talk about Nintendo and don't know what they're doing, they <laughs> announce a direct 40 minutes later. So yes. <laughs> if by yeah. me saying that, <laughs> the world somehow gets fixed, defund the police. Anyway, whatever. It's yeah. not the time of the place, I suppose, but who knows when is and when is I isn't. like how... 
I like how quickly your mood on that changed from feeling like it was an empty gesture to in the space of the same sentence you were convinced that you alone were going to be the reason for a change. That's narcissistic personality disorder, baby. <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously echoed by uh, by me and Ben yep. as well. And, uh, and uh, yes, yes. 2005 <laughs> is when. <laughs> hey, just quickly, I'm very distracted. I'm not like this is fine to leave in. Hey, Adam, are you? Is Ben's video frozen for you? Nah, it's moving more smoothly than oh, yours. Okay. Mm. Oh, really? Ben's video has been frozen for me for close to five minutes now. Really? Or he's just sitting incredibly still. Yeah, that's know. why yeah, I started I'm, I'm to move. <laughs> he's wiggling all about the place yeah. now. Yeah, I've I've lost faith in the idea that his video is ever going to resume for me. <laughs> but that you know what, that's fine yeah. as long as I can see that beautiful mug. I'm happy. This ICQ <laughs> one, it definitely worked uh, better for us when just me and Ben were doing it over that first Twitch thing we did. But who knows? Well, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's it prioritizes audio though because it does sound like we're just on a phone call together. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, the the latter half of the two thousands is how how old were we all in two thousand five? I think I turned sixteen. I was eighteen. Uh, I turned nineteen. Mm. Nice. Well, a couple of mm-hmm. couple of fresh out of high full blown men over here, and then old me sitting there, little jailbait Knox over in the corner, <laughs> still, <laughs> still sucking on a lollipop with your little denim cutoffs. <laughs> little I think I know it all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was definitely. Um, so I think we were all coming into the point where when you're like that sort of age. I know for a while during this period, I sort of disconnected-ish from video games, like a little bit, um, or like more in the early 2010s maybe, or maybe never, but like it went from, uh, you know, like 100% of my free time to maybe 40. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't afford um, that second generation of consoles that we talked about last week, so I had a PlayStation 1 all the way up until the latter part of this period that we're talking about today um and yeah i don't know i had high school shit going on i was a little a little disconnected from it still playing pc games and probably the ones that we talked about last week are the ones that i was still playing now because again i didn't have heaps of you know disposable income uh but uh i become yeah a little bit more connected with this uh third generation of of consoles that we talk about uh today um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a lot more memories of this, this generation, uh, than last week's one. Mm. Um, so it all, everything kicked off in, uh, November of 2005 in the U S when the Xbox mm. 360 launched, which was then, uh, March 2006 for us in Australia. Uh, it was definitely like, I remember at the time it being, way ahead of all uh, the other consoles in terms of when it was launching and how powerful it was. Because I used to read the um, yep. Xbox magazines because I had an Xbox and, and them and mm-hmm. this and stuff. And it did that thing where... 
at some point they... Thanks for the explanation. <laughs> I used to read the Xbox magazines because the content inside them was content that I wanted to consume. If you were, uh, It was relevant were, to you <laughs> in your life. Yeah, yeah, as a gamer. Yeah, yeah. If you're a little I just confused. read it for the articles. Just reading it for the articles. I'm just, everything I'm saying on this podcast, I want it to be a clear statement on where I stand in history. <laughs> and that is the reason. <laughs> but uh, they did that thing where the magazine slowly transitioned in like the sort of latter half of 2004 through to the early half of two. But basically from when Halo 2 came out, it started being like, I guess this is like kind of an Xbox 360 magazine now as well. Mm-hmm. And it was all previews mm-hmm. of like right. Gears of War and the rare games that would come out at launch, that sort of stuff. So I was pretty like pretty across that the Xbox 360 was this big jump. It was the first like HD console. That was its big um, point of difference. It was saying, mm-hmm. get a load of me. I'm HD, 1080p. <laughs> Can't you see? The Xbox 360 wrapped poorly. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that about it. <laughs> Blu-ray player? It's so funny that like only their second console and even at the time I remember thinking already they've fucked up the naming of this. Mm. Like even at the time going, where are you going to go from here with the next one? Like what are you going to call that? The seven, the the 720, the Xbox 720? That like, was the, that was the like the presumptive name for a little while that people would talk mm. about before it was. And then they were like, no, 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 minus 359 from it. It's the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which still makes it weird now because you say original Xbox and then the original revision of the Xbox One comes up rather than the Xbox One X because it was so, yeah, they completely fucked it. But now mm. they fixed it with Series yep. X. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was um, uh, very powerful for the time and the, the whole, because everything in like home media setups was changing to be like the HDTVs, the widescreen flat panel LCD plasma bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, the from memory wasn't like a great technology at the time. I remember lots of talk about like if you li- if you play a game on this, it will burn into the screen. Yep. A lot of people yeah. like right. going to the home screen and then the home screen permanently being emblazoned into their. Uh, I think plasmas were worse for it, but yeah, definitely, I remember this happening. Mm. Very expensive as well. I still have a lot of hangover for that, even though it doesn't really happen on modern TVs, as far as I'm aware. Like if I, if I pause the TV to take a, if I pause something on the TV to take a phone call and I'm on the phone for too long, take I start a phone to get call. that lingering fear of like, what are you? Someone calls me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> what? You're a drug dealer. Who uses a phone anymore? <laughs> <laughs> But just anything like getting distracted and then it's it's like I still have that panic in the back of my mind like, oh, no, I'm, oh. I'm permanently damaging the TV because I've had Netflix paused for eight minutes. Yeah. I, I definitely this, have that too. Did, you, this, did it ever happen for you guys? I don't think it ever actually happened. I, it never – there was never like a – PlayStation home button on my screen permanently or anything. No. Or like, you know, the shadow of it. I don't think it happened, yeah. I yeah. think it was more that... Well, A, I don't think we ever had a TV that was from that early generation when it was a real issue. Uh, right. And I think you also just kind of had to have, like... If you always only had the footy on, then, mm. like, the score boxes would, would stay on there because there was never any variation on what was in the corner. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. 
But so I think you had to have it on for an incredibly long amount of time, right. like an, an actual like yeah. obscene amount of time, and then not watch anything else in between. It had yeah, to just right. always yeah. only be that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when the 360 launched, yeah, big deal. And uh, what were the, some of the games that came out? Because I remember um, a lot of those Rareware games. That we Did you get one at launch, Knox? Nah, fuck no. Did you no. get one early? No. Um, I right. didn't get one until... In fact, I didn't get one for years and years because my brother got one when a game called Dead Rising came out and I played a few things on his one. Uh, right. So... And that wasn't at launch. That was like a year later or something, maybe. At launch, they had, yeah, those Rareware games that we kind of talked about a little bit last week that were like in production for like Cameo Elements of Power was in production for the GameCube originally. Right. Uh, You had Perfect Dark Zero as well. I think both coming out at launch. So two Rare games after only grabbed by the ghoulies on the original Xbox. You had two Rare games coming out at once. Both of them with middling mm. receptions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and then, and this would be a trend that would continue for the entirety of this generation. A bunch of the other games were kind of games that would have been PC games first, init- like back in the day. But during this generation, they got refocused so that generally the Xbox 360 was like the lead platform for them. So that was like Call of Duty 2 and Quake 4. Mm-hmm. They And so PC games, I don't think we'll even really talk about much for this late half of the 2000s because they really uh, faded in uh, importance and how much, how many games were being made like with the PC as the focus versus mm. these consoles. Right. Because like a, a game like The Elder Scrolls Oblivion is a PC game, a notable PC game from this era, but it is also an Xbox 360 game. And that was definitely the sort of primary place where I think at the time most people would have played it and it was built around the idea that, well, a lot of people are going to have a controller, so this menu mm. is really big and weird and feels shit to use with a mouse. Uh, people got mad about that at the time, but... As someone who definitely drifted away from PC stuff during this time, especially, and would dip into the odd console game, it worked for me. Yeah, I was fine with it. I, I mean, I think I kept like a laptop throughout this period and I would play Civilization on that. Um, mm. And that's kind of the only game that I really needed a PC for in terms of my taste because, yeah, this whole generation really changed things for me and the kind of games I played. We were sort of talking before the show about... Um, a few games that came out at the end of uh, this generation we're about to talk about, uh, and they're all the same kind of game, and they're all the kind of game that I play the most of. It's those third-person action games. Yeah. Mm. Uh, a couple of pieces. I'm still fully out at the point that the Xbox 360 launches. Like, I'm I'm not back in on games even in a passing way until kind of midway through this generation. So right. I I kind of don't even really have much memory of the Xbox. 360 launching like I again with the original Xbox I didn't really know anyone who had one like it didn't it certainly didn't feel like it had gotten the grip on people that I knew in my sphere of influence in the way that Nintendo or PlayStation had so I think I was still kind of like a bit skeptical about Microsoft and this console so just there being a new one I think I still in my head felt like this them dipping their toe in this is still like a potentially a flash in the pan. Like yeah. I, I think I was still like pretty skeptical on top of being just kind of like 
a bit checked out on gaming for this point in my life. So I don't remember it launching at all, really. I think the success I mean, of the X. Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Ben. Oh, this is so I crazy mean, doing this over the phone. <laughs> you don't know when to talk. Oh, it's so weird. Okay. <laughs> I am in the same boat, really. Like, as much as I, I do have heaps to t- say about the Wii and the PS3, um, in terms of the chronologically, I'm completely out on games still in 2005. I'm focusing on high school. I don't have any extra cash. Um, and I have literally no member of memory of the Xbox 360 launching or existing or any friends having it. Um, I, yeah, I my, my only touching point for the Xbox 360 is the computer, like the PC games that released on it. Um, that I did play, but yeah, I, I have nothing <laughs> for the Xbox 360. Well, I was going to say that like the success of the Xbox in general, but particularly the 360 is primarily a US phenomenon. And we right. in Australia definitely follow after Europe with our habits with this sort of stuff. And mm. in Europe uh, and in Japan, the PS3 did at least become the most successful of these consoles uh, and well, other than the Wii, the, but the Wii is so separate and weird in this generation. Mm. Like Nintendo sits in such a strange time during this period, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, in terms of Microsoft and the 360, like some of the uh, it, it was a lot of the sort of um, uh, PC games that were most accessible for cheapest on a 360. Basically, right. uh, in terms of like exclusives, there was Dead or Alive Four. I liked. Uh, Dead Rising is really weird and cool and it's now on everything. That's the other thing that is that over time most of these games are now playable somewhere else, including mm. even Halo 3 mm-hmm. soon, which was the next sort of massive massive game for the 360 and I fucking loved Halo 3 at the time. That came in 2007. Uh and Halo Reach as well in 2010, which I guess we're kind of not covering. But outside of those off the top of my head, yeah, there aren't that many huge 360 exclusive games crackdown oh, so yes. like, <laughs> was the first really one was. good and the second one were they actually good uh nah no not really <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the first one came with a demo for halo 3 so it was right. um it was big largely because of that um and then yeah the gears of war series was massive during mm-hmm. this period of time as well those were 360 games for for that stretch. I think Gears of War 2 and 3 even are still only 360, so maybe they're the biggest. But it was just this kind of... Right. This um, like default easy platform for people who just wanted to play a variety of games. The way that the PS4 has been for this last generation. Right. Uh, Fable 2 and 3, but no one really liked those as much as the first one is my recollection of it yeah uh, i think i've played the first one and the third one i played on pc though so right yeah and then like the forza series particularly forza horizon which wasn't until 2012 but yeah mm. uh, that's a fucking awesome game and that's only on there but yeah in terms of exclusives the 360 uh is not that significant you know historically now there's not much of a reason to try and <laughs> dig one out for anything in particular i g- I guess well, they learnt their lesson and they turned that around in the next generation, at least. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the king to have of a, sarcasm, <laughs> an Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> the reason to have one was Xbox Live. Like that stuff was way better than the Sony um, 
alternative. It was set up much earlier. They'd had years to perfect it. Um, like, yeah, yep. it costs money, but it was worth it. And and online gaming, if you weren't a PC gamer, was pretty much on the Xbox and the 360. Totally. And it yes, that's uh, the biggest thing that they did right during this generation is embraced that new wave very effectively. And then games like Call of Duty 4 were huge. Uh, and the 360 was definitely the primary place where people would play them. Uh, mm. And then they had Xbox Live Arcade as well, which was the first sort of um, console digital marketplace thing. At the Initially, the games were like limited to, you could only make a 50 megabyte game or something like that. And then at some right. point they upped it to 200 maybe and then pushed it to like, okay, whatever. But yeah, so the first uh, Live Arcade games were very small. They were very focused and kind of different and now there's no distinction between a in quotes digital game and a physical release game because it doesn't mean anything anymore but at the time there was a pretty Mm. big difference and that was a cool thing about the 360 that then the ps3 and the wii both did also immediately but uh, were those initial like xbox live arcade games indie games because because they were so small were they largely like indie games or were they like big developers making small games a uh, little bit of both. There was Microsoft did like an indie game push during this where they started putting out a few more, but a lot of these early ones, indie games is what we think of them now, didn't really exist. And that did right. start that mm. the idea of what you think of as an indie game now did start happening on the 360 first kind of where like Braid was an early one, mm-hmm. things like Fez and those sorts of um, smaller, generally 2D small team or one person games yeah the 360 was a big part of getting them in front of people and at the same time yeah, you I had do. steam and, and and stuff like that on the pc which was doing very similar things yeah yeah but i i do remember specifically like or having heard you know podcasts with developers on them uh, indie games used to be really siloed off in terms of like this is where you can get them and it's sort of not like music where it's like, well, you go down to the pub and see a new band and then you start following. Like, indie games can't just <laughs> exist like that. So, right. uh, yeah, it, you had to have a shop front for them and it had to be curated and it had to be quality controlled and actually promotion and stuff. There was all this sort of stuff that we almost take for granted in, in gaming now that was sort of being invented around this era. Totally. X- Xbox yeah. Live Arcade was the thing that did the biggest clearest um uh, example of what it was and it was understood by people that like oh okay i get what these things are Mm. uh which yeah it's interesting to think about them back then kind of looking to the future and and having a bit of an eye on like if we can make a a a shop front where people can like get these smaller products out to people on mass easily then that could be great for the industry as a whole to tide people over in between big releases. And it's interesting to see them now sort of, you know, in the last couple of years dipping their toe in what could potentially and what we'd spend a lot of time talking on the show could be the next big mm. kind of um, uh, revolution in the industry being like the kind of, um, you know, paying for essentially a streaming service of games. So it'll be interesting to see whether they're – um, forward thinking with Game Pass turns into the same kind of forward thinking with the Xbox Live Arcade. Right, and well, it's a benefit of Microsoft being what Microsoft is, right? That they can come at a, a new thing like a console and say, well, we understand how shops work on PCs, even though every Windows Store thing that ever exists has been pure dog shit. 
really for whatever bad. reason, <laughs> our so experience bad. with that <laughs> has added up to, yeah, Microsoft definitely being ahead of the curve in terms of content delivery. Um, they do mm. nail this yeah. for Xbox 360, um, but Sony d- follows up with the PlayStation Network and their own version of it, and the PS3 launches a year later, right? Something like that, yeah. Just about exactly a year. I'm just mm. quickly checking if I think the Wii came out like the week before the I, PS3. I think so. They were definitely like kind of neck and neck there. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the Here we go. November 19th in the US for the Wii. And the mm-hmm. PS3 was November 11th in Japan and 17th in North America. So in North America, it was a two-day difference between the PS3 Fuck. and the Fuck. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so another big change that like the 360 kind of pioneered, the GameCube had had that um, WaveBird controller, the wireless GameCube controller. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this was the generation where everything transitioned into wireless controllers being the, you know, the main thing. The norm, yeah. Mm. Um, all of them had good ones. The 360 controller was very comfortable and good at the time. Um, the PS3 controller, do you remember it initially didn't have vibration in it because of like a weird Sony, there was some lawsuit with somebody. So the original PS3 controller didn't have rumble, but it did have the six axis tilt control shit yes yes i do remember Uh, yeah 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 because this is also speaking of the ps3 and and the the wii especially when motion controls fucking blow up for a hot second there yes 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 (laughs) yeah should we maybe save the wii for last because it's so there's so much to say about it um and do the ps3 now because yeah, I got. I didn't get it anywhere close to launch, but I did own a PS3 and I ended up loving it. I had so many, like I had dozens of games for it. Um, it's one of my favorite consoles that I've ever had. Um, I have, yeah, a lot of great memories and a lot of love for the PS3. Did you guys also? Yes, very much so. The PS3 was the first one that I bought out of this generation because Metal Gear Solid 4 came on, out on it. Mm. And I bought it day and date with that game. And played that game for eleven hours and finished it. That was like that was eight hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and has established a habit that I yeah. will continue to have with my gaming for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing games all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I got um, I got a PS3. I'm trying to think what year it would have been. Maybe twenty. 14 I think maybe I can't quite remember so but after, like, that yeah, would have been after it, the it still had a cup after the PS4 came out would have been 2014 oh really okay then I'm wrong uh, I, I knew guess it, it uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can't it was it was maybe halfway through its life I don't think I think Uncharted 2 was out I don't think 3 was out yet 2010 that would have been Mm. Yeah, probably around about then. Yeah, so I come to it with with a bit of a library, and it's my first console that I owned that wasn't a Nintendo console. Um, I'd had a Wii for maybe like a year at that point, so I'm so it's like a a big thing of me. Like I'm back in on games. Mm. I'm now I've got like multiple. Like, you know, I've got like two of the consoles that are out at the one time, uh, which feels like 
just a just such a big dick move, uh, like a real living out childhood fantasy of like imagine being able to because it was like the super rich kids at school would have like both the consoles, like mm-hmm. feeling yeah feeling like a real man if twelve year old me could <laughs> see this move. Um, and uh, and yeah, loved it. Like going in on so I bought it with uh, Uncharted Two and. So that was kind of my first, um, my first experience on a on a Sony console, and um, just a obviously completely different type of experience. Very immersive, very cinematic. I, I think I'd also bought a new TV at the time, so yeah, I'm just I'm just loving it. Like, and I <laughs> I feel I felt like I really got in at just the right time. Like, played Uncharted two, really loved that, and then it wasn't too much longer until three came out. So I was like, you know, had enough like already good feelings about the franchise to be excited about this new one coming out and then you know gta 5 comes out a couple of years after that and you know finally getting to play a grand theft auto game after hearing friends talk about them Mm. for so long um yeah a really great console that first one of it before they slimmed it down looks like shit (laughs) it's (laughs) such such a shitty looking design couldn't disagree more like really? I think objectively yes, but I think it looks fucking dope. <laughs> Just because, oh, like the curvy one, sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know I that I shiny. I don't think I owned an original curvy one. I think I owned that. Se- I think I owned a slim where it was that matte um, painting on it. It wasn't the shiny big. Um, huge boy. That's the one I got. Whoa! I'm just looking at a picture of all of them now. There's one Max right there in front of the camera for you. Whoa! I had it to hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Fuck it's wow. heavy Yeah these big ass early PS3s So like the original ones that came out initially I still remember mm-hmm. this had um, A 20 gigabyte and a 60 gigabyte version And I believe the difference was If you got the 60 gigabyte hard drive one It also was backwards compatible With hardware for the PS1 and the PS2 Yes yes Because I missed out on that And I right. was really really annoyed And they they never did backward com- backwards compatibility after that Right like that no. was it That was the end of it for Sony I think the only real reason they did it in those ones Is because they still Similar to how Nintendo put out all those like NES minis and whatever They just had the hardware for a bunch of PS2s They hadn't built sitting there So they're like well jam it in yes. this thing And you know it ups the value of it But like at the time What a fucking value proposition To have a Blu-ray player Which mm-hmm. Yeah, big deal at the time. Um, yeah, and then a PS2, a PS1, and a PS3 all in the same big beautiful box that when you turn it on <laughs> makes a beeping sound like a dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, that's right. Um, so in terms of exclusives, so that was a big part of the appeal to me. The Blu-ray player, like that, yeah. that, like, and I think for a lot of people too, the the value, the value package, because buying it a few years after it had come out too, where the prices dropped a little bit. I think I may, I, so I must have gotten it a year or so after the slim model has come out, and then JB does a sale where it was like a bundle with that and a couple of games, and yeah, I'd bought a new TV. Now I've got a Blu-ray player for it as well. Like, yeah, they've just always been so smart about the way that they the way that they package that stuff in and, and get in consumers that are maybe a slightly on the fence. like Yeah, I think I'd had a Wii for about a year or so and uh, I basically felt like I was upgrading when I got a PS3. It was like, oh, yes, finally I can mm. afford like the legit console. Um, and yeah, I, I was about to say before, in terms of exclusive, the Uncharted franchise is the big one and it is one that I love. I, I What other, I guess towards the end of the... Um, the, the life cycle of the console, The Last of Us comes out. 
which is another Naughty Dog game. Um, are there any other huge PlayStation Three exclusives that I'm I'm forgetting about? Yeah, Metal Gear was a big deal at the time. Metal Gear Solid Four was huge. That was like at the time, and they said he said this Kojima about every one of them, but he's like, this is actually the last one. And Metal Gear Solid right. Four looked fucking incredible at the time. That was the best looking game I'd ever seen when it came out. I just remembered that the PS Three they fucking dogged you over by not putting in an HDMI cord. It was just like the composite video that they gave <laughs> you. So I had to like go back to the shops oh, and get right. a, an HDMI cord. God of War 3 uh, was a big one on the PS3 at the time. Right. Yes, Turismo I played that. Games, less yes, so yes, than in the yes, past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those David Cage Little ones. Little Big Planet. Yeah, Little Big Planet. Demon Souls. Mm. There's a fair few games, weirdly, that are still kind of stuck on the PS3. Pretty much all the ones that I've just mentioned, other than the Uncharted games, are on the PS4 now as well. Yes, but there's no Metal Gear Solid 4, like, HD remaster, re-release. It's 2 and 3. 1, 2 and 3 that were released as a package? Um, Uh, Yeah, I think 1 maybe not on this generation stuff. But, yeah, you can get all of those relatively easily, I think. But, uh, Um, yeah. Yeah, I played Metal Gear Solid Four. I I um I I played one and then I played four and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. No. But you're right; it looked amazing. It it yeah. probably for for when I was playing it, I was like, "How did the that is real? That's a real texture. That's a photorealistic thing." Like it, it was amazing. And then it was uh, an incomprehensible mess <laughs> story wise. But that's what I loved about it is that it was such a fucking wank. The the the, mm-hmm. the Metal Gear Solid Four was like uh, the, the fucking JOI video of video games, <laughs> where it was Kojima just going back over all of his stuff that he'd done with the first three, and being like, "Remember this character? Yeah, they're here again for some fucking mm-hmm. reason. It doesn't make sense, but whatever, dude. Who cares? We're finishing up here. Here's fucking Mount Rushmore, but with Solid Snake on it, on a boat." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, exclusives, weirdly, even less so if you discount the Wii, were less to me, to my mind, to my mm. twisted, warped mind. Were, In your twisted opinion. They were significant still, but they the, the cross-platform game became a lot more common during this generation. Mm. Right, yep. Um, and a lot of the big hitters were that. Because the joke about the PS3 early on when it released was that it had no games. I guess Killzone yeah. was another, you know, relatively big one in the Resistance games, Infamous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were Knack. actually, they are a bunch of, yeah, <laughs> well, no, PS4. Um, oh, right. There, there were a bunch of PS3 games, but um, we just weren't thinking that Ratchet and Clank kept going, stuff like that. So people are probably like yelling at their mm-hmm. podcast device that we're forgetting them. But um yeah, the joke about the PS3 at the time was that, like, you know, the big game for it was Talladega Nights. Yes, Because it that's came right. with, like, a, pack, <laughs> a packaged Blu-ray of that when it launched or something. Yep. But then the yep. jokes were shit around this time. The joke about the 360 is that when you see one, you turn 360 degrees and walk away. And then people, when they got questioned on that, were like, no, no, no. And they put, like, a picture of Michael Jackson moonwalking off and shit. The birth of memes... and the death of humor um but yeah like i tommy and i said uh i got in at the end of this or at least in the like final third maybe of the life of the ps3 so i had fuck tons of games i had all of the ones that were multi-platform i had them for the ps3 had all the exclusives and Mm -hmm. and i loved it um 
I still, yeah, I hold it up as maybe my favorite console. And uh, yeah, a great Blu-ray player for someone who definitely could not afford to also buy a Blu-ray player. <laughs> yeah. I also at the time too, like this is a point in my life where my disposable income is pretty limited because I buy I buy the PlayStation and a TV with a um, with a salary from a television show I was working on at the time. This, the show then gets unceremoniously axed and then I'm out of work for an extremely long time. Fuck. So it is that classic thing where I only really had the means to get a new game once every like six months maybe. So it's funny how when you look back on it as an entire generation and go, what exclusives were there? Well, really not many. But when you're in the midst of it and you're a bit younger and you can't afford to play everything, it sort of really doesn't matter. Mm. Like you only need one big great one every few months anyway because that's all you have the time and the money to devote to. Well, certainly that's how I felt about sure. it at the time. Like I didn't I didn't really look at it as like, oh boy, not a lot's coming out on this. I was like, oh cool, there's a sequel to that Uncharted game. Fuck yeah, great. Mm. That's the last thing I played and I loved it. I'll get that. When when you look back at stuff in the manner that we are as well, inevitably things slip out of your head and you your blinkers go on and you can't remember everything that was a big deal at the time. Mm. But a million fucking games came out and heaps of them were big. We'll, we'll miss some for yeah. sure. We won't talk about every game of this generation but like the ones that still, to my mind, have a bit of cultural relevance, I guess, is the ones we're talking about. And in terms mm. of those cross-platform ones that were a lot more common during this, GTA 4, Skyrim, Red Dead, mm. some huge big fucking hitters. A lot of the time as well, their best version was on the 360, weirdly. Even though the PS3 was more powerful than it, Yes. It's like more more difficult to develop for. So things, especially those Bethesda games, Fallout 3 and those ones, would mm-hmm. have a lot more bugs on the PS3 version, weirdly, than on the 360 version. Yeah. Right. I, I do remember that being the case. That like Obviously, when I was going to buy a, a console in sort of maybe 2000 and... 2010, maybe even 2011, it was pretty late on that I was getting, you know, this this console... Um, all of the research was like, well, the Xbox 360 is technically a better console. There was just n- something about it culturally that kept me away from it. It wasn't the right. cool one. It wasn't the interesting one. It wasn't maybe the one that all of my friends had. There was something about the PlayStation 3 that just appealed. Maybe it's how it looked. Maybe it was the exclusives, but uh, there was something about the Xbox 360 that just, uh, there was nothing going on that I'll t- I'll tell you what have it is. to have it. Yeah. 360's a jock, PS3's a nerd. That's the difference. The, the 360 was like, was always the like fucking testosterone, play Gears of War online, chainsaw, Halo yeah. 3, I'll yeah. slaughter you, Call of Duty, bang, bang, bang. Maybe some FIFA. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then the PS3 had like, this is Metal Gear Solid 4. If you shake the controller, her boobs will move. <laughs> like, it was. <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily <laughs> a good division, but there was there was a difference, you're right, kind of culturally there. Mm. I, I just do feel like Sony have just always managed to maintain that kind of cultural clout and that, that coolness. It goes mm. all the way back to like the Walkman in the early and we talked about how them with the branding of the first PlayStation, they really went into like this is like games are for adults now. Like they, they just e- even now to this day, I, I still think there's that distinction between Xbox and um and and what Sony do. Mm. Well, definitely this generation, like it's hard to kind of explain what an Xbox is for, or it was until Game Pass came around, uh, especially. 
Yeah. yeah. Versus like, if you were going to recommend only one to someone, it'd be the PS4 every time for this generation. Um, but yeah. But you're right. I mean, back in the day too, I mean, Nintendo have always been held up as like the doing a lot of stuff for casual gamers, but there's almost an argument to be made that the Xbox is like kind of the true casual machine. Mm. I, I think like it was always the one that people who weren't like heavily invested just drawn to the brand for whatever reason, whereas the Nintendo or the Wii was almost like, even though it was so big, it was almost like the more kind of like niche focused thing that whereas if you were just like abroad, you wanted like a dumb shooting game and a driving game and FIFA, you just you just get Xbox. Like it just had that powerful kind of brand pull to people. Definitely. And I think you're, you kind of mentioned it, Ben, that whichever one your friends had, because so much stuff was online or transitioning to that was the one that yeah. the other friends would get. So I guess the 360 just was that in a, uh, Certain <laughs> circles, <laughs> three hundred and sixty degrees in a circle. I think you'll find. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, the, that that the the cross platform games were the biggest games of this generation, mm. and a lot of like yeah. new and uh, interesting and exciting franchises kicked off during the PS three three sixty era. Games such as Bioshock. And mm. uh, Assassin's Creed. Yes. Mass the Effect. Batman Arkham franchise. The Batman Arkham. Mass oh, Effect yeah. was actually... Mass Effect was a 360 game originally, but then later on, Mass Effect 2 came out on the PS3. Mm. Um, uh, some of the Valve games, like the Orange Box. Oh, yes. Uh, that, was, that was a big deal for me. I fucking loved playing... Portal and Half-Life 2 and Team Fortress 2. What a good package to chuck it all in there in the one game like they did. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dragon Age Origins, the Dragon Age oh, franchise yeah. starts in this generation. I loved Origins. It was. Uh, it's weird that I have become so disenfranchised with that series now because Origins is one of my favourite games of all time and I never think about it because the rest of them really are bad in my opinion. One of, one of the uh, presumptive announcements... For the PS4, the PS5 thing, apparently there's a new Dragon Age. Is Dragon Age Four? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, it's there. It was a Bioware game. Those earlier Bioware games were really good, and yeah, it just, it just dropped off. I would love if the, if the new one is, is a return to form. Um, Fallout Three, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. a Call of Duty game every year. Yep. Dead Space was a good uh, series of games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your Far Cry's start getting good around now. Like Far Cry 3 Did came out in 2011, I reckon, 2012. Rock mm. Band? Does Rock Band start oh, during this period? So Guitar Hero came out on the PS2. Yeah. And then Guitar Hero 2 uh, would have been kicking off on both that and the 360. And then, yeah, all these band games blew the mm. fuck up. Yeah. Got enormous. Yeah, during- I had Guitar Hero 3 on the way. Right. Which feels like it was the real apex of of the popularity of the instrument genre. Yeah. Man, they were fucking fun. I I loved <laughs> yeah. the, all of those yeah. games. Yeah. So yeah, Rock it Band ma- launches in 07. Um, smack yeah. bang in the middle of this this generation. Um, but yeah, Guitar Hero still I think is is the big one. It's the cultural I mean it it's the, was the first one, it's the one people mm. associate this genre with almost like Kleenex for tissues. A guitar mm. hero is, is the instrument game. Definitely rock band. I think had my memory of it is that it had a, had better music at the time, 
because it was the first one to open it up to being a band it wasn't mm. such guitar focused tracks obviously and a lot of the guitar hero tracks yeah. that were just like those kind of 80s like light metal Diddly, 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 diddly. Like, oh, I guess that is quite hard to do on a plastic guitar, but it's sure. not a good song, so I'm not having a van. A lot of Van Halen and and like bad Aerosmith and stuff. Right, just stuff that didn't line up with my tastes, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. What else did you have around this? These guys games kind of get into like early DLC where they start having the mm. like down downloadable songs and upgrades to like expand the the lifespan of of this game that you've you know clocked every. I remember that being one of the first examples of like, oh, that's cool. You can own the game and then more stuff keeps coming out for it after you finished it. That's pretty cool. Definitely. Mm. Uh, this is the DLC sort of generation. There were bits and pieces that came out on like the original Xbox. But um, Horse Armor for Oblivion was like the big <laughs> yeah. first initial kind of dip your toe in the waters of microtransactions where it was like three yes. bucks or something and you just got this dumb armor for your horse, obviously. And boy... <laughs> Boy, did they learn a lot from that experiment, huh? Mmm. <laughs> but yeah, DLC became like the common expected thing for virtually every big game is like the game would come out and then later on you would get your DLC for it. Yes, if you've been listening to this series mm. not realising that, go back and re-listen to every episode with the thought there's no DLC for any of these games at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, pretty much. Other than like Splinter Cell like a bit, but it was all free as well, paid DLC this is when that started happening. And like Ooh, yeah. the concept of the yearly season pass, pay full game price again to get four more map packs or whatever. Do you remember like, mm. this is more like 2011, so not really the late 2000s, but they started bringing in the online pass for games. So like... Oh, yeah, mm, yeah. Like around Uncharted 3 sort of time. I remember that having it where if you bought the game uh, new you would get a little code where it's like, okay, you can play online. You you mm. uh, you pay full price. We love you. But if you bought the game secondhand, uh, you wouldn't. That code would no longer work. So it was their way of trying to control that market. Yep. Um. Yeah. The Assassin's Creed games got huge during this this period of time. I think it's worth mentioning those again. Yeah. I was never super um, into them, but they really kicked off in a very pop culture like hugely um popular fucking hell (laughs) i remember the first one coming out and not being able to play it like watching trailers being like oh my god the and again like this is this was revolutionary revolutionary at the time like that scale of city that kind of vertical traversal platforming combat just didn't exist and yeah. I really really was jealous of anyone who got to play that first one and then the second one comes out I'm playing it on I guess the PS3 and I still hold it up as one of my favorite games it's it, it was incredible for the time yeah I, I it's weird how this generation definitely um, had whatever level of technology we reached it did feel like it was enough to shift games into like a new type of thing they, mm. they were just a little more yeah. competent and the scale was different and there was something about this generation in particular that pushed games into being very, very similar to what they remain now. Like, if yeah. you go back and directly compare the two, obviously games have improved over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. But something like a Borderlands or whatever that came out more than 10 years ago still looks a lot like a game that might come out tomorrow. And literally is on mm. the fucking Switch now that I mention it. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Totally. Well, we talked about, um, and and as have many people, the fact that the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed franchise, gets tired because it is doing the same thing for about ten or fifteen years, and it starts right. with Assassin's Creed Two. It's the giant open world third person action game collectathon. It's a map with two hundred little symbols on it, and you got to go collect them all. And that starts in two thousand and six or seven with Assassin's Creed Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Assassin's Creed One kind of didn't have as much of that side stuff, did it? You were just um, yeah, pretty directly was m- going through the story, but in a large environment. Uh, yeah, and it was more focused on the assassination side of things, which it really Assassin's Creed stops being from about two onwards. It's more yeah. about exploration and platforming, and then that <laughs> weird side story, um, feather and feather then finding Creed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the Uncharted franchise is the other one. The other hugely influential one that yeah again like you said Knox has dictated what games are like to this day well and Call of Duty I would put in that as well where like mm. with Call of Duty 4 in particular that yes. campaign and that multiplayer is what shooters were since then pretty yeah. much like they yep. even mm. to this day until maybe like the 2016 Doom I guess was a little bit of fresh air or like the odd, P- PUBG, like PUBG and had- Fortnite yeah, it, it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. until the Battle Royale game, um, which has only introduced an extra thing. It hasn't actually fully um, like uh, comprehensively changed first-person shooters. It's just added a new thing to that single-player campaign, multiplayer, yeah. online. So, uh, yeah, definitely like ev- everything that you see kind of starting here and that is this new innovative thing, like Gears of War as well, where it's like, oh, yeah. it's taken like that kind of Resident Evil shooting, but it's this cover-based thing. Cover-based shooters, like Uncharted did that as well. It took it from there. Yep. What mm. games are today is very much formed during this generation in a in an interesting way and I, that I think is worth taking a look back at in this a retrospective <laughs> of the late 2000s podcast. If you're just joining us fucking somehow, <laughs> we're up to talking about uh, the, the black sheep of the crew. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're you're right. Wii. The games games on 360 and PS3 they're very much similar to what's happening now, uh, yeah. and not overly dissimilar from what was before in hand. It was more like an iteration, whereas totally. the Wii, and the difference we could call between that a, a, a revolution. The di- <laughs> the difference between <laughs> like the PS3 and the 360 <laughs> is like Coke and Pepsi, right? But then here comes Wii, <laughs> and it's a fucking like boot. It's LAIs. just something completely different. <laughs> It's a trolley. Um, it's it's a, the Wii it's a computer was games so, console. It was so weird and different and, yeah. to me, disappointing during this period of time. Like, mm. I don't know if you remember this kind of feeling, but I remember back in the late 2000s feeling like, oh, shit, Nintendo's dead. Nintendo changed from what I liked about it for all those years and is now this dumb, weird thing that always has these annoying motion controls puts out these kind of shit, um, like, uh, broad kind of games that are focused to get your grandma to wiggle the fucking controller. I yeah. was very yeah. much in the anti-Wii camp. I bought one just after... I got given one as a gift. Uh, a bunch of my friends went in as a joint, I guess, 21st gift um, <laughs> and got me one with... Uh, Mario Galaxy 
So given that that's I like I didn't get one at launch and I so I didn't get one at launch and just just have Wii Sports on it for a while. Yeah. Like I I guess the first thing I went on it was Mario Galaxy, which is just such a great game. So I, I'm my initial attachment to it was that, and then a new Mario Kart came out eventually. I know what you mean, though, like the the Mario Kart coming with the wheel, which, mm. like, fine, but didn't feel all that great. That was the problem. The, yeah. the motion controls is, like, you know, fun as they were for a gimmick, they really were to the detriment of the majority of games that I wanted to play on the Wii, which there were good ones. Mm. Like, the Mario Galaxy games are fucking awesome. Uh, Twilight Princess was, like, a launch game for the Wii, and that was good. But, like, the fucking wiggling your sword... Yep sucked and it it was so much less fun than pushing a button in in some crazy way skyward sword was yeah. fucking dog shit um and outside of those they're like i can't remember that many wii games that i really gave a shit about to be honest. metroid prime 3 but then again you got the the aiming with the thing which just felt worse and f- wasn't quite there yeah, I mean, the, funnily enough, like, yeah, I can't really remember any experiences with the Wii Remote that f- seemed to fully justify it to me other than Wii Sports, which was the mm. great, like, the great play of having that as a pack-in and, and did exactly what they wanted, like, got people up in front of the TV that wouldn't have ever been playing a game before. It worked fine for tennis and it worked fine for bowling, but then having it implemented across all these other games, like, it just never... I, I, yeah, I don't remember seeing too many other things where it was like, oh, this is really cool, other than being able to, like, have the Wii remote on its side and use it as a little kind of almost like Nest controller. Like, yeah. having the virtual console on there was mm. really cool. And the first time they'd really started, like, looking back into their catalogue and making these games available again. Well, but even then, it was still better to have the classic controller kind of, like attached and plugged into the remote. It was the first time they kind of looked back at their catalogue in a price-appropriate way, I would say, where, like... Because right. they made, like, Game Boy Advance fucking copies of the original Super Mario Brothers. Like, well, fuck you. No way. Right, right. But, yeah, the the Virtual Console was pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I think that Wii Sports is really the only time out of the entirety of the Wii that I remember that controller making sense to me. Or being... It felt like it made the controller make sense and it also felt like it sold the consoles, which mm. is bizarre and that then everything else kind of had to use. It was bad enough when Nintendo did it and then the third, like trying to, even them trying to implement their own controller into their games, even that was dodgy enough, yeah. let alone the third party games that tried to do it was were just even more disastrous. Because the actual motion of it was rarely used. You were you were generally using that controller as either a pointer, so like a, just a mouse cursor, or as mm. shaking it, it has the same effect as pushing a button. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, what did I play on it? I got a Wii uh, pretty soon after it launched. It was like, oh, I can afford this. That was a huge thing about it for me. It was like not a yeah. crazy price point. It was like within reach for like, a, right. a few months of like proper saving um but like i mean i i loved wii sports like i played it with my family and my partner at the time like it was genuinely entertaining and and fun and simple um i played the mario tennis game on it which was i think an actual actually a gamecube game there was like an hd remaster and yeah. port with, yeah. with motion controls that was pretty common they did that with pikmin too right like there were a few gamecube holdovers that they chucked motion onto resident but evil 4 yeah, have, 
Yes, yeah, which I did actually mm. play. I've I remembered. I've the only time I've ever played it was like a bit on the Wii, and I was like, this doesn't feel right, and so I stopped playing it. Right. But uh, yeah, like I loved Mario Kart um, on the Wii. I l- thought it was fantastic. I like played it online so much. Really got into it. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl was fantastic. It had that story mode. Um, yeah. There is there are some really good games for the Wii. But yeah, it's mostly first party ones. It's mostly Nintendo games. It's, it's and I felt like ones. outside of Mario, the Mario Galaxy games, for me personally, there weren't any of the big hits like there had been f- during every other Nintendo generation. There weren't any of the not hits in terms of sales, but like things that hit with me. It mm. just was. It all felt right. a little, a little. <clears throat> it all felt just a little bit weak. <laughs> You fucking assholes! <laughs> uh, oh, I like it. Really was it in terms of like how the motion control actually worked? It did really feel like a thing that w- was pretty common in that time, and I think we've talked about this in previous uh, episodes of this series, yeah. where you saw this video of them announcing the Wii mm. and how the motion control and everything was going to work, and you thought, "Oh, cool! Well, the possibilities are, are sort of limitless here." And then actually seeing it in practice, it's like, mm, it doesn't really quite work in the way that they've made it look in the video. The good example is, is it Miyamoto up there at, is it an E3 event with Wii Music where he's like playing the drums and it's just oh, like, yes, that's right. it's just, do- there's just no way that it's going to measure like one for one movement of like a stick hitting a cymbal. Like it just, yeah. it just was never going to work in that way. Yeah. The other thing with the Wii as well is that you didn't get most of those um, cross-platform games because it was really, really underpowered compared to the 360 mm. and the PS3 yes. where like the phrase it looks good for a Wii game became the, you know, universal compliment for good-looking Wii games where it was just mm. like it was another, it was a GameCube and a half or something. I don't remember quite how sort of yes. powerful it was. Yeah. It was shit. It was very underpowered. Yeah. That, that, was, that was huge. Yeah, and they're really they they didn't do it didn't do 1080. What what didn't it do in terms of like the input that you could put yeah. into the TV? Yeah, uh, 720. Is I like think. really behind the curve yeah. with Sony and uh, Microsoft in terms of that. It's like 480p yeah, it or something, right? <laughs> Maybe it was. Yeah, 720p, it didn't have HDMI, and the others did. It definitely didn't have yeah. HDMI. You could have component yeah, yeah, yeah. output, which I think can technically put out yeah. 1080p, but the the Wii couldn't do that. Yeah. And it wasn't a, it wasn't like a DVD yeah. player. It wasn't in anything. It was just like a separate little box that was just a Wii. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it was 480p. That's so shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, what what you could do though, because it had a disc drive. It technically had a DVD drive, I believe, not a Blu-ray drive. Maybe um, it didn't. It you did, could, but you couldn't play DVDs for sure. Well, you could if you jailbreaked it, which is what Mate. was very easy to do. <laughs> do I look like I'm ACDC? <laughs> not gonna um, ju- I have I have since modded a Wii so that it can play any game. It was also a GameCube, yes. like in there physically, and yeah, it could play every GameCube oh, yeah. game. Because that's why you could use GameCube controllers with it. Yeah, and why they still but, yeah. produce them for Smash Brothers today? I uh, I jailbroke my Wii and I loaded a bunch of old games on it. Like you could just basically fill the virtual console with ROMs that you downloaded. Um, and because I hadn't had a Nintendo console since the NES, that was cool. Like that was fun. I got sure. to play a bunch of games I never had before, Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that. Um, 
But yeah, as soon as I got a PS3, um, as this was said by many people, the Wii started gathering dust. For sure. Mm. And then, you know, this isn't in the purview of what this episode's about, but the Wii U was a terrible follow-up to it. Yeah, I guess that's so something to mention yeah. is that the Wii was incredibly successful. Like as yes. much as there aren't that many great exclusives for it, it's is it still the most successful console of all time? Like it sold <laughs> millions Probably. and millions and millions of units. It was hugely popular. Exactly because yeah. of the choices they made that we are saying didn't appeal necessarily that hard to us. Mm. It, they quite rightly recognized that it would make it more appealing in a broad sense. And, you know, they were buying fucking Wii's to chuck in retirement homes and whatever. Like, yeah. it became like an exercise console with Wii Fit when that came out yeah. as well. Yep. So it was definitely a, uh, a mainstream success. But in terms of games I would ever want to go back to, the, the, there's not a lot on there. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other things that were out during the late 2000s was... Uh, the Nintendo DS and the PSP. Mm. Yep. Did either of you much have either like, of these? Much like the Xbox 360 and the PS3, that was a closely run race. Really hard to split those two in terms of... Um, I had a 3DS, I never had a DS, uh, and I never had a PSP. What about you guys? Right. I had a DS Lite. I think I got one when they, because again, they the, that very first iteration of it was just fucked. Was it not backlit, or it just was no, like does it, the clamshelling of it was just very bulky and it was yeah, backlit, and it looked like it looked like a kid in 1977 who'd just seen Star Wars trying to draw his own spaceship. <laughs> it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thick fucker. Yeah. Um, I really liked the DS. I had one of those and there were a bunch of great games for that. And there was Nintendo doing its weird thing of like, okay, it's got two screens and the bottom one is a touchscreen and there's a microphone on here. You've yep. got to blow into it sometimes. Fuck off. Like <laughs> it could go online somehow. That seems crazy. It <laughs> was really, really cool. Um, and it had a huge mm. library of very good games for it. The Ace Attorney games I really liked. Um... Fucking the Mario Kart DS game that they put out was very good. Um, yep. I can't remember it anymore off the top of my head, but trust me, it's amazing. Um, For the when the first one came out, the new Super Mario Brothers, I thought was really cool that they were going back to a two D Mario. Even right. though we've talked a lot about how it's been very diminishing returns over the years with that particular series and the art style is less appealing than the classic Mario games. But seeing that come on the shelves, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like they've been, because mm. I, I guess it's roughly around this time that we talked about when the 3D platformer came in, the 2D platformer became a bit of a, became a bit of a dirty word almost. Mm. It, it, mm -hmm. Everyone kind of felt like en masse, like, no, we're done with this as a genre. Yeah. But I guess it's sort of around this time that that, and probably alongside the, the indie stuff kind of finding a bit of a voice that the people start to get back into the idea of like, oh, no, a 2D, yeah, we okay, cool. Now this is kind of like a throwback to right. um, playing stuff in the 90s. And like kind 100%. of the GBA as well. But then something yeah, that the right. DS, yeah. the DS and the Wii both had this very much in common that they had a fuckload of terrible games just shoved <laughs> on there by who yep. knows what kind of company. Like there was yes. like... 80 different, like, Bratz doll games and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, I'm looking at, I just typed in DS games to Google there. And one of the first ones that comes up is a game called Style Savvy. And it's got 10,000 <laughs> clothes. And you just have a look at is clothes. It, that doesn't sound the DS, the DS and the Wii are both. The Wii is like, as we said, the fitness games, but a lot of casual games. The DS is a lot of brain training, right? Cooking Mama. Does all of that start kick yeah. off on the DS? Nintendogs. Right. Yeah. That stuff definitely kicked off on there um, and, and was popular. But there were a bunch of other very good games that, you know, w- what I would consider to be proper games as an elitist mm-hmm. fucking dickhead nerd. <laughs> yes. The re-release of Chrono Trigger is a real game. Um, uh, the World Ends With You is a DS game that I'm seeing yep. here on this list as uh, one that got re-released <laughs> yeah. recently. I played a lot of Animal Crossing Wild World on the DS. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the Zelda games they put out on there weren't bad. You had to use the the fucking touchpad the um, with the stylus as like to, to make Link walk around. He would follow where you were touching, which was kind of annoying. Right. But, um, yeah, right. the DS was very cool and had a GBA slot in there too, which was nice at the time. But then the PSP... It was a little clunky to play, but uh, I remember getting the um, the Super Mario 64 um, uh, remake was a uh, launch game on it. And it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't have a um, thumbstick. It was just a D-pad, yeah. so it was a little... Or you could use the touch screen as like a de facto... Yeah, um, which sucked. Uh, th- yeah, it like was a, a little funky joystick. to play, but just having, just having a three D um handheld and being able to being able to run essentially Super Mario sixty four on a, on a pocket sized machine was like this is fucking cool. Yeah, the DS could like just do three D. It just m- was capable of it, and then the PSP right. yeah was pretty fucking powerful at the time. The PSP kind of sat in between a PS1 and a PS2 somewhere, but came out in like 2004. So it was really impressive visually at the time. It just, I don't think it really hit because it was the same thing that Sony ended up doing with the PS3, where I think people were just a bit put off by like, oh, what's really on here? What's this Mm -hmm. new technology they're kind of pushing with those UMD things? Yes. Do you remember? Yeah. They look like mini discs and they put out like Hitch and movies like that. And they were like, you can watch movies on this fucking That's right. Thing. You can watch movies on right. it. Yeah. Yes. Want to watch Wedding Crashes? Yeah, yeah, no? Yeah. Well, here's a fucking expensive one that you can only watch on this dumb handheld. Um, <laughs> it didn't It didn't really work. And the, yeah, I think pricing wise, same as a PS3, it was, it was a little bit out there. It but, um, apparently was extremely successful, though. It sold 80 million units over its entire lifetime, I assume largely in Japan, because I don't know sure, how yes. successful it was here. I definitely would have been heavily in Japan. And also, like same as the PS3, towards the tail end of its life, it became a lot easier to see what it was for. And the price went down, and there were more games on there. Um, I ended up yeah getting a PSP way after the fact. Oh, and, really? Uh, I didn't know you had a PSP. Dude, I'm a fucking nerd. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I've been all after the, I've been way all after the fact. Do you mean you got it recently for your Infinity Games machine, or no, no, no? Like uh, maybe fucking five years ago or something. I don't know. Okay, all right. Because with the PSP as well, I've heard tell that it's mm. pretty easy to mod those things so you can play any PSP game on them. Now I wouldn't okay. know a thing about that. However. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a weirdly extensive list of PSP games that I think are good. (laughs) 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 
they put out a couple of uh, God of War games on there, which were cool. Um, mm-hmm. You could play a whole bunch of PS1 games on it too, which was very cool. Like just flat yeah, out right. really well emulated PS1 games that you could buy, you know, digitally, um, which was crazy to, you know, not that long after the fact of the PS1 be able to play them handheld. It really did feel futuristic. There were a lot of kind of dodgy, like, uh, pushed down version ports of like big console games at the time like um assassin's creed and stuff that weren't very good the monster hunter games mm-hmm. on them were big oh, you had your yeah. fucking oh yeah 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 couple of metal gears on there a couple of final fantasies if you want mm. oh yeah there are a bunch of uh, it, the psp there's an uncharted game on there is that the vita that's that's the vita golden abyss right yeah right yeah, right right, right. Golden it says you piss. could like connect Sorry, it. Daddy. Golden a shower. <laughs> <laughs> connect it to like a PS2 or a PS3 or like yeah. computers. Like it was pretty good as like a, a peripheral device, it sounds like. So you could buy digital games on the PS3 for it and then um, transfer oh. them. That was the word they always used. Not transfer, you were transferring mm. it. I remember I transferred. They put. Um, the Metal Gear Solid like HD collection for free on PS Plus at some point, and I had a save of Peace Walker, the the PS the one that originally was like for the PSP, had a oh. save of that that I transferred over to the HD PS3 version. <laughs> it only had one one <laughs> one little analog stick, which kind of sucked because they were kind of you know trying to make um, console equivalent games like uh, the GTA, like Tales from Liberty City and Vice City. Oh uh, yeah, and Chinatown Wars. They suffered for not having that second stick there to use. Yeah, but, um, yeah, right. Yeah, the PSP was kind of cool. The, the but yeah, the Vita then flopped. So Sony's out of the handheld market for now. But mm. uh, it, it, it wasn't. There terrible. was always that talk. Like, remember the look. The, remember the uh, the talk of like the GameCube having the little link for the GBA and yep. being able to have like a second screen for that. The, I remember that being a thing for like. Maybe five years there where every new iteration it was like, oh, okay, maybe this is the one where they'll finally get it right, which I guess they then end up really attempting to do with the Wii U. Just that idea. It always seemed like there was a lot of potential there, but it just never, it just could never catch on. Well, because the Vita, you could stream your PS4 to and play PS4 games on the Vita, same as like the Wii U, basically. That yeah, and yeah. people just never used it. They, I remember there was talk. I don't know if they ever did this, but there was talk of like when you play Gran Turismo, you can turn on your PSP and like somehow suspend it in front of your face, and that's your rear view mirror. Your PSP is going to be your <laughs> rear view <laughs> mirror. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't live in a fucking like, you know. Lego set. I can't just set up this weird thing to suspend in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, have the means to do that. It Should never we, really worked uh, until ha- the Switch, right? That that two-screen or like mobile go between console and handheld thing, and the way to do it was to n- not was to just make it a handheld. Yeah, yeah, it was to not do it. Like the Wii yeah. U, it might have had some good functions, right? Like occasionally it was like you'd have your mini map on your your game pad, but um, yeah. in it terms never, of it, it never felt ex- good. It, it never was, helped, and it was never accepted. But generally, just, like that's why it, the the console flopped. Yeah. But I just remember reading about it in magazines back in the day. Like the, I think the Game Boy Advance was the first time they'd really toyed with it and reading articles where they're like, you know, imagine it. Say something like, for example, you're playing like a, a football game and you can plan out your strategy on your own screen that you're 
people that you're playing in the same room as can't see you doing. It was always like all these examples of these cool things that you could do mm. that then were never once implemented no. when it actually came down to it. No. It's just like right. the hypotheticals were it's always sounded great. It's like Cool, someone make that game then. Yeah. Just yeah. do that. That sounds cool. It ended up being the equivalent of like a kid going, what if there was a game where you could do anything? <laughs> what if that was a game? <laughs> I mean, and that happened with the Wii. Like that was, it didn't matter because the Wii was so popular, but that is exactly what happened with motion control. Like, and I, th- yeah. there was sort of like scuttlebutt that Nintendo was like really leaning on developers to be like, you have to have some form of motion control to release this game on our platform. Yeah. And then, like, Microsoft and Sony both tried to recreate that by having their, like, the Kinect and the PlayStation camera thing, which I guess they had yeah. a PS2, that, like, PlayStation Eye. So, but the, they did oh, the yeah, Move yeah. controller. Remember the fucking Move controller? Yeah. Which you still yeah. use yep. for VR. So mm. everyone kind of tried to catch up to what Nintendo were doing, but. Same as Nintendo, they couldn't make it work. Nintendo just got lightning in a bottle with a couple of games. And yeah, yeah definitely uh, sm- wisely moved further and further away from that as a primary function of their machines. Because you forget yeah. those fucking Switch yeah. controllers can still do all of that stuff. They just, yeah. nobody ever fucking yeah. uses yeah. it. Because why would you? And it's gr- it's fine when it's there. Just like the, I, I'm, you know, I think we all differ on this, but I'm a fan of the, uh, in a shooting game, being able to just like move the controller a little bit the, for the a, for a slight bit of extra edge in aiming, gyro control. I like that kind of stuff being in there. Yeah, but it's like that's all that really needs to be. You know, it's like from this big, big idea of like the whole controller is a remote that moves to just like scaled back. Like, yeah, just have a little bit of it. Just be able to move the controller around a little bit in the game if you if you want or if you need yeah. that little extra bit of precision. It's just there if people want it to not like leaning on it so heavily. And the same with like the motion control, you know, like the heavy rumor that Mario Galaxy is going to end up on the Switch. Like I'd love to see it without all that motion stuff in it. And same with like, you know, we've seen so many Wii U ports come over where that were designed on the Wii U with the screen in mind and the, the screen controller in mind that then they've just had to get rid of when they put it onto the Switch and it works it works fine. It works better. Like all these like mm. gimmicky ideas. Like once you once you play it without it and they patch them out, it's like you realize like it really doesn't matter if the game's good. It it you know that experience doesn't really matter too much. Yeah. I think for me, um, the Wii was an incredibly successful toy because Wii Sports was like the, my favorite toy that I played with. <laughs> you know, for those years. Yeah, it was a perfect. Mine was my penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it has the motion control on that. Is that one to one or is it a little <laughs> It is finicky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I loved Wii Sports and and it's like, well great. I'm glad you made this console because this works perfectly. And I played Star Wars the Force Force Unleashed on it, and that was like, okay, I can essentially move my lightsaber left and right and up and down. And that's about as good as you can get with the motion control. But it again, it sort of feels like it worked for that game. So it's like, cool, you, you got it right for two games. I guess mm. that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the end of those podcasts. Bye forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to just yeah, quickly... Yeah, that brings us to the end of... I wanted to run yeah. through the like the top 10 most critically successful games of 2009 just to sort of end off okay. that decade. Oh, yeah. Just to let people know, like... These are the latest games that existed at this point. This is the best of the best. This um, is the peak had, of the art form by, by yes. the time 
it, it, uh, the culmination of the last what, like nearly thirty years that we've been talking about on these podcasts. Exactly. This is where it led to number one. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I, I guess I'm, start I, with number ten. <laughs> yeah, I think this is number ten. Uh, there's a couple of there's one double up because it was so successful on two platforms. Oh right. Um, Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Nintendo Wii. Um, sure. So that I did enjoy that. That had it was the first two from the GameCube, and then the third, which was made for the Wii, but it gave them all the motion shooting, which worked fine in those games. But I did prefer the controller, GoldenEye style movement of the original two, personally. And apparently, yeah, yeah. they might I come never... back out on Switch, in which case they all three oh. will have that implemented, which would be great. Right, right. I never played it because I just I had I'd never heard of Metroid at that point in in my life. Sure, um, they're good games. That is uh, a good pack of games. Yeah, I, I if they do re-release them, or I, I mean, obviously, I want to play the new Metroid whenever it comes out. But um, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars on the Nintendo DS is next that's up, and it is also the last time crazy. we hear wow. from Nintendo. That's that's <laughs> bizarre to me that that game has made it up there. Is this like Metacritic or something? How are these being? It is. It's Metacritic, and I think Game Rank maybe is the other one. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's ranked by score. Uh, Chinatown Wars got ninety three out of a hundred on Metacritic. Weird. I could never get into that game, and you said it's the last time we hear from Nintendo. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Fuck off. Yeah. Mario Galaxy is better than Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. <laughs> Delete no, but this isn't list. Isn't this of games that came out in two thousand and nine? Yeah, this is oh nine. Is that what you oh, said? Yes. I'm a dumbass. This is just games that were released in oh nine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, okay, well, I give myself a rating of 1 out of 10 then. For <laughs> <laughs> um, I psh, um, we must have touched on this game at some point. Uh, actually, m- we must not have. Minecraft comes in next. Um, what the it fuck? It was released in okay. May of 2009 for, uh, for the PC. Minecraft. Weird. I th- I th- that's so long ago. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, it just scrapes into this series. Uh, and we've talked about it before in context of sort of broader discussions about gaming. But, um, yeah, Minecraft. Bang. Sure. Wow. That, well, yeah, that really does tie everything into the modern era. And, like, that is such an example of, hey, indie games are super popular now and very accessible. Hey, speaking yeah, of yeah, indie yeah. games being popular, popular and accessible, the, the game you mentioned earlier, Nox, Braid, um, yeah. comes out in late 2009. It's, on, it's listed as the PlayStation 3 version. Um, here, I think that the 361 came out in 2008. Right, let's. I kind of remember that. It was good. Yeah, it you're was right. fun. You're right. you're right. Yeah, same dude who made the witness. Um, whatever his name was, it escapes me. But yeah, like oh. sort of time travel puzzle platformer thing. Pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that being a real like a landmark in the game in general. It's like, oh, For that's sure. right. We can go back to things being 2D and interesting, and there are ways to to innovate within that um, style or, like, presentation of games. For sure. Um, Street Fighter 4? Oh, hell yeah. I forgot about Street Fighter 4 <laughs> coming out. Yeah. yeah. And then Street Fighter 4 marks, like, the return of the fighting game as a genre. It had kind of died off during yeah. the 2000s and Street Fighter 4 brought it back and now they're all over the place. i got to play that Mortal Kombat 11 yeah. DLC for the next episode. Oh, yeah, nice. I just lent Mortal Kombat 11 to my dad, so I will not be. But um, you fucking yeah, Street idiot. Fighter 4. Oh, actually, <laughs> Street Fighter 4 is one of two games that appear twice in this list, um, just because of the two platforms it was ex- like really right. successful on. 
Um, but that appears again. Uh, the next game in the list is the other one that is a uh, is a double up. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. Yep, that takes yep. up the next two spots on the list. Stay because frosty. It's, it's it's rated the same. Uh, Street Fighter Four is rated one point better on PS3. That's why that's why it's uh, it's split up. The, that controller the superior was product. The controller was was more suited to fighting games with the split up D pad mm. rather than the weird 360 one that wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, Modern Warfare Two continues the uh, the dominance of Call of Duty in in yeah, video that, games. That one was huge. I suspect it's like one, two, three, four, f- fifth down on the list for for rating. I it probably was much closer to the top for sales. They were just massive at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Street Fighter Four again. Little Big Planet is the third highest ranked um, by in mm-hmm. terms of reviews. Um, again, I mean, a marker, yeah, a marker of things mm. to come, right? Where it's like it's all um, community based. It's all online, like uh, player generated yeah. content. A, a very yeah. modern game. Yeah, and I guess like a, a good example of Sony. Um, well, maybe it's an example of Sony tapping into online services and multiplayer and that sort of aspect of their interfacing, catch, trying to catch up to Xbox with like, hey, yeah, you can like talk to each other and collaborate and do yeah. stuff like that and play other people's levels. Um, I remember playing it at the time and it being um, like a fun novelty, but never being a good platformer. No, that was the problem is that the platforming felt shit. The controls felt bad. So I never wanted to play more levels of it. Yep. I, w- I was kind of the same. Um, but yeah, I do remember being like, well, this is cool and new. Uh, Fallout 3 is number two. Um, that was a I, 2008 I game for sure. But um, right. whatever, it can be on this list. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> it was Oblivion with guns at the time. People yeah, were dubious yes. about it. But this is also Bethesda at their fucking height during this generation. They put out Oblivion, Fallout 3 mm. and Skyrim. Yeah. And then for the next generation, they continue to do the same thing pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't make New Vegas. New Vegas must be a little later on and it's made by Obsidian. Yeah. Um, but I love Fallout 3. I, I definitely played it at the time. I played it on PS3 and fucking, yeah, loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Like that Morrowind feeling that we talked about last week. Uh, for a shooter and like a, a sci-fi um, post-apocalyptic game to have that scope. Uh, for the time was awesome. I still, yeah, replay three sometimes. I think it's, it's, it's very a great good. game. Uh, and then Uncharted 2 is number one. 96 yep. out of 100. Yep. Um, almost a perfect game. I fucking love it. It changes storytelling in games yep. to something way more exciting, if not, you know, 100% deep. Um, it It is uh, a, a landmark game. Definitely. If you're going to chart like the, uh, or, or unchart, fucking, uh, if you're going to chart the progression of like cinematic games, Uncharted 2 is like the next one to talk about after like the original Metal Gear Solid in terms of driving mm. that forward, probably for me. Yep. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So that's where we're at. Yeah. What a set of decades, huh? 30 years. Yeah. Mm. Came and yep. went. That's how yeah. old I am. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. Um, it's been it's been good. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that brings us to the end of this uh, series, The History of uh, Video Games. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. And, mm. hey, if you enjoyed this little wrap-up, uh, maybe maybe recommend these last six episodes to uh, someone you know who doesn't, you know, know as much about games. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe it's a good jumping-off point. Mm. Um, maybe there's six good ones to listen to uh, if you're outside of gaming. We will be back next week to regularly scheduled programming. We'll be wrapping up the um, PS5 reveal event. We're watching it live on Twitch, so join us for that. Um, and, yeah, bunch of bunch of things coming out in the next little bit that I'm excited about. Yeah. yeah. In two weeks we'll be – I think we'll all have reviews of Last of Us 2. Um, mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima is not that long after that. Yeah. And uh, yep. then – I guess we fucking spin the wheels again until Cyberpunk, but we'll we'll have some stuff. We'll yeah. I well, mean, yeah, there's stuff here and there that's been slowly trickling out in the last few weeks. Uh, there's a lot of games that I've been getting to recently that I, I have not had time to. So like I've, I think next week yeah. I want to talk about Death Stranding a little bit because I finished it, and um, it's wild that no one else is talking about it. Only like six months after it came out, but um, yeah. yeah, I think there's a bunch. Oh, The Elder Scrolls Online. So I'm getting into some, yeah, I'm getting into some different games uh, and looking forward to being allowed to talk about them. I'll have that uh, Mortal Kombat 11 DLC and for some reason Dark Souls 2 I've been playing a Mm. lot of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. I'm excited to, yeah, that that was very fun doing these these pod, uh, these special ones the last few weeks. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, we've covered we've covered the entire history of video games, so now we have nowhere left to go for a only the future, series. baby. Only yes. for the future. Yep. Always forward. Yes. Yes. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Head to filthycasuals.com.au. Links to the socials and the premium Bandcamp episodes we have. Also, the Patreon. You can support the show and get a bonus episode every week. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. 30 more years. 30 more years. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't chant that at the moment. There's probably people who want that. Anyway, whatever. 30 more years of video games specifically. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 